Hello. Okay, we are on. All right. Good. All right. Is that good, isn't it? Yeah. Good morning. That's actually a good. <clears throat> Welcome to the uh, Pastor's Perspective podcast with Pat and Isaac. Uh, my name is Pat Lynn, and Isaac, why don't you introduce yourself? Sorry. I'm Isaac Johnson. I'm a kind of a retired marriage and family counselor and associate pastor of a church in Anchorage. Awesome. And I, myself, Pat Lynn, I've been a, a pastor for about the last 20 years and a Bible teacher for 10 of those at a private Christian school in the Tacoma area. And we are doing this podcast uh, as a way of equipping the saints. What we want to do here, uh, really, Isaac, is to provide resources and uh, thought process, processes and biblical perspective on things that are going on in the world today. Um, and we feel called to do that. So Exactly. One of the places that gives us that calling is out of Ephesians 4. It says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and becoming mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Um, I don't know about you, Isaac, but I don't feel like I am completely mature in some of those things. And I feel like we live in a world today where Christians need to be better equipped to deal with the issues that are going on. How do you feel about that? I agree. Uh, you get asked a lot of questions uh, from, from people, you know, why does why is this thing happening? Why does God allow this? Um, and I think sometimes it, we feel a little bit just powerless to answer back. Just goes, just because is not a good answer. So being able to say, you know, what does the Bible say? It's still just as relevant today as it ever has been. Um, and I think it's very practical, too. So it's not just like a spiritual answer of, oh, you just pray more. But no, here's probably why God is doing this. And here's what we're supposed to do about it. That's awesome. A couple thoughts are just a place for for lifting off from that because of who we are and what we do. Um, Our our podcast is really, like I said, geared towards equipping people who are believers in Jesus Christ. And so Isaac and I both believe that Jesus is the Son of God. So um, you are... Matter of fact, we'd love you to listen. We'd love you to uh, email us, to ask questions, um, to push back on that. But that is the world viewer standpoint that we are coming from. Uh, and the second one is this, and, and, and the first one might be, you know, fairly popular or, or more believed, but we believe that the Bible is the inspired and more than inspired, infallible, like not broken, not uh, messed up, written exactly the way that God wanted it, word of word that he gave us, um, and that that book is supposed to shape our worldviews. Uh, is that is that how you feel, Isaac? That is exactly how I feel, yeah. Okay. So if you're listening uh, and you're like, man, I believe that, that's, that's what we are going to be presenting to you. And if you are listening and you're like, I don't, maybe, maybe you want to lean in anyway um, and see – you know, what is it about what we believe that that uh, 
either, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to say rubs you wrong would be the wrong, you know, right or wrong thing to say, or just doesn't quite fit with your worldview. So, so that's where we are. And because we um, <laughs> like to do things that, that just, you know, um, that, that might uh, spark interesting conversations on our very first podcast today, uh, we are going to be talking about something that uh, is, is a hot topic in our world today with what's going on. And that's this. Um, the, the title of today's podcast is God's Body, His Choice. Uh, Isaac, can you tell me how you came up with that? Well, a lot of times uh, people, one of the things I hear, like with Roe versus Wade being overturned recently and just um, people saying, you know, well, it's my body. I can do with it as I wish. And, you know, while that sounds good on the surface, when we really think about it from a biblical perspective, and that's the perspective we're coming from, um, you know, that's not what the Bible says. And when you look at 1 Corinthians six nineteen and 20, it says, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You are bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. So this isn't applying to just abortion and, and like the pro-choice, pro-life movement. This is going to anything. People who say, well, I can go and sleep around or I can view this or I can consume this food, you know, because it's my choice. It is your choice, but it's not your body. You know, you were created. And so when God creates something, he expects us to steward it well. And so everything that we do should really be filtered through the question, is this going to be honoring God? Would this be something God would want me to do? And so even with abortion as the big hot topic, people saying it's, well, my body, my choice, I always just challenge is that, you know, if you go from God's perspective, and if you don't want to believe God's perspective, then this isn't going to work. But if you look at it from God's perspective, God's saying it's not your body. You know, and I think if you come at it from that mindset, then it, it changes the whole issue. Yes. So, so much so the Bible even says that you're, you are to make yourself a slave to Christ and, and your body a slave, right? That it, That is supposed to literally um, be in submission to the will of God. And so if your body is going to be uh, in, in submission to the will of God, then it's important that you know what the will of God is. Um, now, I, there, there are a lot of church movements, neo-church movements, I would call them uh, today, or different denominations in the world today that would say something like, um, you know, uh, that, that's, that's fine. It's fine, fine to worship Jesus and say Jesus is God. But, um, I, you know, what your belief is offensive to me. It's my body and I want to do this thing. But if you're calling yourself a Christian, what you're saying, Isaac, is that you should submit yourself to the word that God left us. Is that true? Yes. Yeah. It'd be like anything. If you're going to sign up to, to work somewhere, you're going to submit to their guidelines and rules. And, and, and so, you know, that is the idea. When we become a Christian, we're saying we're taking the stance that God's way is better than my way. Otherwise, it's really you can't have one or the other. You can't be a Christian and then do everything your way. Um, so if we believe that God's ways 
Because, you know, you look at it and there's not one thing that God asks us to do throughout the Bible or commands us to do throughout the Bible that is not for our benefit. So when he says it's his body, he's saying, I'm the creator of your body. It'd be like going to the doctor and the doctor can say, I'm actually looking inside your body. I know how it's working better than you do. And who better to tell us how to deal with our body than the one who created it? So when scripture says that um, sex is something that should only be inside the context of marriage um, and the worldview is that sex is something that you should experiment with before you get married. So, you know, if you you like it or feel comfortable or if it's the right kind of partner for you, um, you're saying that God puts sex inside the context of marriage to protect you. How does sex, and this is totally off topic, but how would something like that inside the context of marriage, how does that protect us? What are some ways that that practically protects us? Well, the first one is, you know, just you can't get other diseases if you're only with one person for life. So, what, you know, whatever disease they have, you're going to get and vice versa. If you are being uh, sleeping around, you take the risk of catching anything that someone else has. So there's that practical side of that. But also, Emotionally, there's been lots of studies that have found that people who have, you know, slept with several people before marriage or before they decide to have a committed relationship, they have a hard time. It takes them longer to connect with this person they're now with, that they're now married to, because they have they've given a piece of themselves to so many different people. So God can redeem that, but it takes a long time to sort of exercise those old relationships so that you can be fully committed. And I don't know about you, but if, if I'm getting married, I want 100% of that person. I don't want like, hey, I'm going to give you 20% or 80% or 40%. Sure. I want right. all of that. So emotionally, it, it, you have a greater chance. And then there's plenty of studies that show too, like people who think, you know, like living together will increase the chances of marriage or or you know, we're going to create sexual chemistry. And what's interesting is research shows that it takes 10 to 15 years with the same person to create compatibility and sexual chemistry. So it's a wow. myth that that just happens with somebody randomly. Um, wow. And, and people who live together before they're married actually have higher rates of divorce, not less, because you're not practicing for success. You, you're saying to yourself, I can rent and any time I can get out. So you're, tre- you're treating the relationship like there's a backdoor plan. So it's not that God's saying, you know, he's trying to just to get rid of our fun. But, you know, people who do things, you know, even with sex, who do it outside of God's plan, they have higher rates of anxiety, higher rates of depression. They're not actually, they have fun with a lot more consequences. And sure. so it's from a practical perspective, God's saying, I'm going to protect you and you're going to have a lot more fun. And then the studies back that up, that people who are married have higher levels of satisfaction relationally than single people, lower levels of depression, lower levels of anxiety, you know. So it's, it's, it's not just that God's saying that science backs up the Bible. Yeah. Yes. Um. One of the things that I think is important to talk about here is that uh, 
you know, Satan, he really tries to distract us with endless debates about choice and having the choice to do things. And this, you, you look all the way back to Adam and Eve and, and what does, you know, he come to Eve with in the garden? He says, did God really say that? Or do you have a choice to do this? And, and what he's trying to do is make her think that God, uh, you know, maybe didn't say that or gave her, isn't telling her the whole truth. You know, he's, God's trying to mislead you and control you. And sure, you could come and say God gives us free will to do things, but I, I think, and that is true. But, but from a biblical perspective, God tells us to, you know, these puts these do's and don'ts in the Bible, not so that we have rules that we have to follow when he's rigid. It really is to protect us, just like you're talking about in the case of marriage. And so uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2, it says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Right? And so mm-hmm. if you are doing that, if you are not conforming to the pattern of the world, but be your you're, you're trying to transform yourself by reading the scriptures, by spend, spending time in prayer, by having conversations who are, with people who are living godly lives, then you're going to realize uh, that the choice really isn't up to you if you've made yourself a slave to Christ. God's already made it for you. And, and he's doing that like any parent would make that decision for a kid to protect them. Um, I'm camping with my kids right now in Woodby Island and, my kids love to run around and play, right? But uh, we have a campfire going on, and when my kids get near the fire, I tell them, don't touch the campfire or don't run near the campfire. Not because I don't want them to have fun and, and, and not be able to run around, but because I don't want them to burn themselves and experience pain, right? So if the topic is then submitted, you know, changed to submitting your life to Christ, and um, I think this is important because, one of the things that I get drug into or that the world wants to drag you into is an endless debate about what you get to do. And we're saying that God's made that choice for you. And so that, that happens in politics. It happens in schools uh, with Roe versus Wade. That's happening, you know, happened all over the place since that was overturned. Recently, there have been several big decisions. And the, the question is, as a Christian, how do I approach these things? What are some of the areas of life that you think Isaac's this scripture that we went over applies and i'll read it again just so that people um, have clarity with it but it was first corinthians 6 19 through 20 do you not know that your bodies are temples of the holy spirit who is in you whom you have received from god you are not your own you were bought at a price therefore honor god with your bodies and just to restate the question what areas of your life do you think this scripture applies? I would say every area. Um, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's what I choose to eat, um, the people I choose to hang out with, it, you know, whether the people I, I, I choose to, to um, have in leadership over me. It's the idea that, you know, God is indwelled in me, the Holy Spirit. So when we get, when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit comes with that. It's a package deal. And so, you know, if God, Jesus died on the cross for us, then everything we want to do is to honor that sacrifice. That doesn't yeah. mean we're going to live perfect lives, 
Mm-hmm. But it's, I think it's just every time we make a decision, we want to ask ourselves, kind of like those what would Jesus do wristbands that were really popular years ago. It's being able to say, you know, that kind of that mindset is it's like, would this be a decision God would feel good about? And if mm-hmm. not, I needed to process that. I need to at least challenge that a little bit. And I think where the problem is the world is, you know, even Christians have just gotten more into this idea of like, do I feel like it? or not. And that's, that's where Satan, he tricked Eve. He, he got her to, to start working on her feelings. Instead of just saying, God said no, so I shouldn't do it to protect me. He's like, well, you know, that doesn't feel right. A loving God wouldn't keep something from you. Hmm. And yet when you think about it, the moment she ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, she now knew evil. God didn't want her to have to have that burden of knowing the evil side of things. He just wanted her to know good. So it was to protect. So you think about it in every aspect of our life, God's saying, I created you. I know better than you. So if you Mm. run everything by me, I'm going to, you're just going to, it's going to go better for you. So that verse really just applies to any aspect of our life. um, Where we can just say, once I just accept it's not my body, you know, then it's, I like what one person said, this is an example, uh, a lot of guys I work with who, who struggle with pornography, you know, I say, this one person I was listening to, he said, you know, first it's God's body, then when you get married, it says your body now belongs to your wife, and then he said, finally, it's your body. So he said, if you're going to look at pornography, you've got to ask God for permission first, then you've got to ask your wife, and then if, you, if those two are yeses, you get to decide. Uh, so uh, I thought it was funny, because uh, who's going to uh, get two uh, yeses? Yeah, I don't think you're getting two yeses out of that. Probably not. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That's good. <clears throat> well, our our second question we want to hit up today, and maybe I'll uh, take the lead on this, and you could uh, fill in on a little bit if you'd like, but uh, this one really spoke to me. And, and, and the, the question is, if it's God's choice, how do we determine what choice he would want us to make? And mm-hmm. uh, here's, Kind of what I would say to that. This is why it is so important that you know the word of God, that it is ingrained in you, that you are in it. And, and you know, none of us, I'm, I'm not an advocate of someone who's like, you know, you got to read your Bible every day. And if you weren't in it today, you're a sinner and shame on you. And, you know, uh, shaming for anything like that. I don't, I don't feel like God would do that. But I, I do know this. I know there are seasons in our lives where getting in the scripture, uh, you, you're, you're in there and you're digging through it. And man, one, one pastor said to me one time that the, the, uh, ruts of routine of being in the Bible become the grooves of God's grace. And I've, I've always loved that. And, and the reason is because there are going to be times when you're in the word a lot and you're soaking it up and that routine is just helping you to grow. And then because we're people, there are going to be times when you're not. But that's where God's grace comes in and will be sufficient. Because you're going to remember when you needed that seed of the word that he planted inside of you. And so there are going to be scriptures that come to mind through the Holy Spirit that speak to the topics you're talking about. There are going Mm -hmm. to be the words of Jesus that come to mind that help you to know how to respond in a moment. Um, And... And so number one is know the Bible for yourself. Read the Bible for yourself. Read the word for yourself. Don't take a 
a pastor's, uh, you know, a word for it necessarily or a friend's word for it. Uh, if you are a follower of Christ and he calls us to know the word of God, learn the word of God. Um, because that is going to be the the first indication of how you handle an issue, right? So if it's God's choice, how do you determine what he would do with that choice? Well, if the choice is opposite of what he says in Scripture, then you're not going to do that, right? right. So you could you could take another topic here like, like abortion. Uh, that's certainly, you know, well, I, I guess we've been talking about abortion, but uh, – gender identity or homosexuality or or any of these issues and 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 specifically if i do go back to abortion and you could say okay how would god deal with abortion well you look at scripture and anywhere in scripture that uh that the world attacked god's people israel it was always almost always through trying to kill the babies it's it's, mm-hmm. it's like a typical old testament bible story right so um so God calls Abraham out of a place called Ur where they are sacrificing children. Um, Moses in, in, is in Egypt. The Egyptians uh, try to kill all the babies two, two years or younger. They're looking, they're trying to get rid of Moses and, and do that. Jesus, the baby Jesus, right, is born. And um, they, they find out about it. And, and what does the king do? He tries to kill all of the babies. And they're going after babies in everywhere in the Bible where uh, a society attacks children. Uh, God punishes that society. It just it just happens. He 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 looks at it from a very negative aspect. It is not okay. And so you could maybe the word abortion itself is not mentioned in Scripture, but you can take these stories that are very similar and have the same principles and say, I, I would bet you that God is not okay with aborting children. I mean, exactly. So, so if your thought process doesn't line up with what happens in Scripture, then it's probably not a good idea. Um, the other one is, for me, would be to to spend time in in prayer, praying about it uh, with the Lord. And you you had already mentioned that um, you know our feelings are are not always a great judge of what we should do. So so being prayerful and and once you prayed about it pray some more about it and once you pray more about it pray more about it right until you come to the place where you're like i'm i am absolutely um at comfort with what what i feel like the lord is telling me and then i would take that and i would go and i would seek the godly counsel of people who you know are rooted in the word of god and who love you and i would ask them hey this is what i'm struggling with or what what I have questions about. Here's what I feel like the Lord is telling me about it. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you have any other thoughts on that, Isaac, or anything else you might stick in there? No, I agree with that. Uh, you know, knowing God's will, first and foremost, is going to then tell you what his choice would probably be. Um, and the Bible is is any, like you said, even though it might not say the word abortion, it's replete with examples of God very much not being okay with people killing, sacrificing kids, you know, or or children. And then in the New Testament, he's talking about it would be better to tie a millstone and throw yourself into a a lake than if you harmed a child, you know. Right. So, you know, whether you call that, it doesn't matter whether it's that conception 
or you know all the way up to prior to 18 years of age or whatever you consider to be a child. So I think that's the idea is, is kind of going, when you start looking at it from those, that lens, you're going, okay, this is clearly not God's will. Um, and that doesn't mean he won't redeem it. You know, somebody could have an abortion. God will still love that person and can still use that person. It's not, you know, it's not like they're unforgivable, but there's natural consequences that go with these decisions. And so that's why God's saying, it's, he's saying, I want to make those decisions for you because if I make them for you, I already know all the variables that you don't know about, and I'm going to just minimize or eliminate the consequences. You know, so it's a practical so, thing when we have to we have to keep coming back to that God is doing it for our protection, not to try to control us. He doesn't need to control us. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, let me ask you a third question. I think we'll wrap up our, most of our conversation with this. But with all the hot topics going on in the world right now, um, how should Christians respond to things, you know, these topics that, that we're running up against uh, right now, like abortion and gender identity and um, thing, things like, uh, you know, Gay Pride Month and, and other issues? In, in, how are we called to respond to those things uh, in, in the world that we live in right now, how do, what what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think the first thing to realize is you're not going to talk somebody generally out of their stance. You know, huh. so where I think Christians can get in trouble is when we are, you know, getting into debates with people about these hot button issues. You know, because if somebody's somebody's entrenched in their belief, just like you or I are entrenched in ours, we're generally not going to like. They're not going to go, oh. I never thought of that, you know. Um, so it's more going to be just the first thing is, is just this idea of like we can accept people. We don't tolerate the behavior. So I can say to somebody, yeah, I want to be your friend. I have friends who are homosexual. I have friends who have had abortions. I have people with gender identity things, you know, and they know where I stand on those issues. Um, but I, I can say, uh, you know, I love you. I want to hang out with you just like God wants to hang out with us, even despite our sin. But he's, I'm, you know, when we talk about things, I just say, you know, coming from the perspective of, what is this, is this the best thing? Because people want to say all the time, I think this is Christians, God, God wants our best. God wants, God is very practical and he wants things, he, does, he loves us where we're at, but he doesn't want to leave us there. Yeah, and so. As we love people as Christians and we love, we can say to them, you know, they can see that we genuinely care about them and their well-being. In time, conversations will come up. When they come to us and they're in a soft place and they're like, wow, I'm kind of convicted about this, you know, then we have God will give us that open door. So I just feel like how we as Christians, we do it is we pray for people, we love on people, and then we wait for God to bring the opportunity. I think where Christians are getting in trouble sometimes is they're trying to force the opportunities. Right. Uh, maybe you're sitting here today and you're thinking, okay, practically, um, you know, what are some some ways that the church can help with this or people, Christians can help with this? And um, I had a really neat experience yesterday. It was funny because we were preparing my thoughts for this conversation. And I, I visited a church that I spoke at some years ago, City Church in Marysville, Washington. And um, and they had an announcement about a foster care weekend at their church. 
And and here's the thing. I really believe that God put the church in place to be the answer to most of these questions. Like, church needs to be a place that is loving our community, that is a light to our community. And, and not only is saying, hey, we're going to pray for you, but we're going to answer you know, offer some practical solutions to problems here. And so uh, I went to the pastor asked afterward and asked him, you know, what this weekend was about. And he said, yeah, it's a weekend where we provide, um, you know, uh, a, a, a party with a message, um, but, but that also has um, just, just fun stuff for teenagers and elementary school kids and kids of all ages who are in foster care on Friday nights so that, their foster families can go out on a date, which they might not get very often. And then Saturday we come together and we have all day activities for everybody. Um, and, and we supply some support things that practically are going to help these families to, you know, equip the foster children and, and their own biological children that are living in their homes. And I thought, man, that is an epic, awesome idea. I was so excited that they were doing that. Um, and, and so much of the rub I feel like Christians get in our world today is that we have these opinions about, you know, um, pro-life, and then people come back on pro-life and say, okay, well, what are you guys doing to help the babies that aren't wanted, right? And right. there are practical solutions that uh, the church can and should offer um, to be a solution to these problems that we're left with. And so... Um, so, that, I mean, that is a whole other podcasting piece, but really, you know, Jesus says, what, what good is it, my brothers, if you tell someone that you'll pray for them, but you don't practically offer them food and clothing when they come in and they're poor and you can see that they need something, right? We are literally to be his hands and feet and to be helping the broken world that we live in. Exactly. Yeah, I just feel like if, if the, church, the church should be loving people better than the world. Yeah. And truthfully, we just have not been doing that, you know, and I'll put myself in that same category where it's just easier to write a check or to pray for somebody or to say you're going to pray for somebody, whether you do or don't, than to actually say, hey, what can I come over? Can I sit down with you? Hey, what is it that you need? And if I can't provide that, maybe I can find somebody that can. And, yes. You know, and I think because the world is looking there, people are searching. You know, and, right. and they're, they don't really, I think everybody, the Bible says that no man is without excuse. We all know when we're sinning. We right. all know when we're not doing our best. The problem is, is if we don't see something better, then we're going to be satisfied with where we're at. And mm. so the world's, you know, what the church's job is, is we got to do it different. We got to look different. We're, the church, God designed the church to set the culture, not to conform to it. And I just yes. really feel like the church has been conforming, like, to make people feel good. Right. And Jesus didn't try to make people feel good. He tried to make people be better. Oh, that you is know? so good. That so is... I think that, that's what we want to do as Christians is, is saying, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love on you, I'm going to encourage you, and I'm going to do it differently. And when you see that, you're going to be attracted to that. Um, and, and whether you understand it or not, you're going to be you're going to be like, whoa, something weird's going on. There's something different happening at that church. You know, they're preaching the word, but they're still loving me, and I don't. I'm feeling like convicted because conviction moves me towards something. It motivates me. Guilt. The world is good at guilting. 
guilt just makes us want to stay where we're at. Right. Right. Well, um, I hope that that has helped you or somehow equipped you better if you're listening today. Uh, we'd certainly love to get any feedback from you. Uh, we need to probably make an email for our podcast, but for today, I'll just give you mine and Isaac can give you his. Uh, my name again is Pat Lynn and you can reach me at pat at patlynn.tv, P-A-T-L-Y-N-N.tv. Isaac, you want to throw an email out for people? Yeah, you can just email me at, um, Yakima MST at gmail.com. That's Y-A-K-I-M-A-M as in Mike F-T at gmail.com. That's perfect. Let me pray for you guys real quick. And once again, this has been a Pat Lynn and Isaac Johnson with the pastor's perspective. We're so glad you joined us today. Lord Jesus, I pray for my friends. Uh, that are in the family of, of God and those that might be listening that are searching or wondering, Lord, that you would uh, open and soften our hearts to hear from you. God, I thank you for this time that we've shared together and pray that your word would continue to be the practical tool that it is, that we would dig into it and through that we'd be able to come up with the answers uh, that you have for us to deal with the world that we live in. Lord, you are good and we thank you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless.